just as hype, man. Come on. In your face section with Pete Cabrera Jr. Oh, Jesus, baby. Yeah. Hey, guys. My name is Pete Cabrera Jr. with Royal Family International University and School of Identity and Lifestyle. And you were listening to the All Jesus Podcast. And this is part two of the Elephant in the Room series, the core of the demonic and what happened to us at the fall. And what is it that we're wrestling with? And what is it that we're fighting? Is it evil spirits? Is it devils? Is it demons? I don't know. Let's find out what it is. Let's find out what scripture says. So guys, sit back and relax and let's get into part two. So enjoy yourself. Let's address Genesis chapter six. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth. Why does the scripture say men here? What you're going to find out in scripture, why it says men, because in this verse, in this actual chapter, he says that men is also flesh. He says, it came to pass when the men began to multiply on the face of the earth, that the sons, uh, that the daughters were born in that the sons of God saw the daughters of men and they were fair and they took them wives in which they chose. And the Lord said, Let's let's address when it says the Lord says you need to pay attention because it's important. This is what God said out of his mouth. Watch this. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. For he is also flesh. Okay, so he's addressing man here. He's not addressing angels. He's not addressing spirits. He's not addressing devils he's not even dressing the sons of god he's addressing and the lord said my spirit shall not always strive with man for he is also flesh yet his day shall be 120 years and the lord god looked upon the earth and behold it was corrupt let me stop right here listen to what the word of god says now this is god's stock look and god looked first god said and now god looked Hey, guess what? You can't pull one over on God. When God looks, he's going to see exactly what it is. This is God looking. What's he looking for? What's he looking for? Is he looking for devils? Is he looking for demons? Is he looking for evil spirits? Is he looking for all fallen angels in this verse? What's he looking for? Let's read it. Here it is. Watch this. And God looked upon the face of the earth, and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Let me stop right here. We have to address this word all. What does all mean? Like if I say, I want you to drink all this water. What does that mean? Does that mean all of it except a drop? All of it except a couple drops. What does all mean? If he says all flesh, it doesn't say, here's what it doesn't say. And the God looked upon the face of the earth and behold, it was corrupt for some flesh and demonic and angels had corrupted their way upon the earth. Is that what it says? Is that what it says? And God looked upon the face of the earth and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Here, he's going to say it again. And God said, you're God talking. I'm not, this ain't Pete talking. This is God talking. Watch this. And God said, Unto Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. 17. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. Okay. 
according to what God said, why did he flood the earth? What are you commanding not to live in? What did Jesus nail to the tree? What did Jesus put in the ground? What did Jesus resurrect? What manifests? The works of the flesh are manifest. Okay, but Cain, let's talk about Cain. Cain was living in the flesh. So why did he flood the earth? Why do you get baptized? To cast something out of you or to kill you? Kill what? Kill what? What? What's dying in the water? Yes, you're quoting Galatians 5.19. So I am not saying. I am not saying these aren't evil spirits. I'm saying what God's saying it is. So. God does not address the sons of God here. He's speaking to Noah about flesh. Because flesh is always the issue. Because remember, the serpent eats dirt. And what is dirt? Flesh. Carnality. That's the curse. We devour one another. That's what it's all about. So, read that. Right. So don't get into the, oh, is it evil spirits? Is it demons? Is it fallen angels? Why did God flood the earth? Why did God drown the Egyptians? Why do you need to be baptized? Why? What, what is this death that happens at baptism? What's dying? Are evil spirits dying or are you dying? Oh, so why is it that I'm dying? Because he couldn't fix you. What, what could he not fix? Your nature. What nature did I have? The nature of the beast. How do you know I had the nature of the beast? Because you have to be born again. Why do I have to be born again? Because everything that you are needs to go into the fire right now. And the Bible says that he didn't make hell for you. He made it for the devil and his demons. Well, guess what? You know what a demon is? A demon is someone that manifests something that is not of God. We're going to talk about that. So, when people tell me, Pete, what do you think is happening right here? I don't need to think about what's happening here. I just got to read it. That's what it says. It says that. What do we do with that? When we read it, and I tell people, just read it. So am I saying there isn't devils, demons, and, and, and demonic spirits? That's not what I'm addressing. What I'm addressing is the core of what it is that we struggle with as Christians. This is the core of what we struggle with. Now, we're going to get into the demonic. We're going to get into Jesus walking around. We're going to get into him laying hands and people talking and, and de devils and demons being cast out. We're going to address that in context, right? We're going to address it because, man, that's a great, 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 great explanation when you understand what he's doing. So it's no longer the spirit issue we're struggling with, guys. It's the desires of the flesh. Remember, it's Galatians 5.19. What do these two seeds produce by nature? <laughs> she says, what? A demon is someone that manifests something that is not of God? Yes. Yeah. Did you know? Here, watch this. Let me give you an example. In the Old Testament, how did you cast the devil out? You threw a person out of the synagogue. You know why you threw the person out of the synagogue? Because you couldn't get it out of them. Because they were one with that nature. So to cast the devil out 
of the synagogue, you had to throw the whole person out because that person could not enter the presence of God. But here's what Jesus did. Jesus came to get it out of you, not to get you out of his presence. There's a big difference. He came to get it out of you so you could come into the presence of God. That's what kept you from coming to God is the nature of the fall. When you cast out devils under the new covenant, it's totally different because a devil under the old covenant is a devil is a person that manifests a reality that is not of God or a truth that is not of God. And in under the old covenant, when they said cast out devils, they threw the person out. Now we know in scripture that when Jesus was casting out devils, people said, Jesus said to them, under what authority do your children cast out devils? Right? Because they used to do it. So the people of God, the, the rabbis and the Jews used to cast devils out. But he said, under what authority do your children cast out devils? Which means they did it. But when they saw Jesus do it, they said, what kind of new doctrine is this? Which means they had never seen it like that. Because what they did is they threw the person out. They threw them outside of the gate and they excommunicated them and threw them out. And Jesus said, I don't want to throw you out. I want to throw what's inside of you that's keeping you from coming into the presence of God. And I came to get that out of you. So in the name of Jesus, come out in Jesus name and it would come out. And now the person could enter into God's presence because it could separate them flesh from spirit. That's what it's all about. And I'm going to get into that in the second video. But right now, I'm addressing the core. Here we go. <laughs> I know it's a lot that you want. So, the corruptible seed is no longer in us. It's the habit of sin we're struggling with now. We're no longer one with the corruptible seed. We call it the spirit of error. It produces the nature of the beast. It's called the yetzer, the evil inclination. What do these two seeds produce by nature? Let's address the first seed. The first seed of Adam. The fallen Adam, this seed of corruption, the corruptible seed, the fallen man seed, the antichrist seed, the manifestation of the spirit of the nature to the vessel of the body, the manifestation of sin, the body of sin. We were born in the body of sin. We were sin. Therefore, you must be born again. Here it goes. Ephesians 2, 3. Among, Ephesians 2, 3. Among whom also we all had our conversations in time past. In the lusts of our flesh. It doesn't say anything else. It says we were in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature, the children of wrath. So you were a child of wrath by nature. You had a nature that needed to be destroyed. That's what that's about. What nature was this that you had that had you in the lust of the flesh, that had you fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind? What nature is that? Let's break this down. In the past, you were in the lust of the flesh by nature. The soul is the real you. You are not the flesh. That's not you. And you are not the mind. You fulfilled the desires of the minds, what the scripture says. So how could you fulfill the desires of the mind? Because the mind's not you. That's what it says. And of the flesh, therefore, you are commanded to renew the mind. That's Romans chapter 12, verse 2. 
It says, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what it says. Why do you need to renew it? Because remember, according to Ephesians 2, 3, it says that you fulfill the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Why? Because it's who you were. That's what was your identity, right? So, and it also says, according to 2 Corinthians 10, 5, and casting down every imagination, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought captive. This was the nature of the beast. And you inherited it at the fall. It's called an inheritance. Did you guys know that? Did you know it's called an inheritance? Did you know that you have the inheritance of Christ now? Because you're a child of God. And before you were a child of the devil, which means you had the inheritance, which is sin. That's the firstborn. A Bahor gets the inheritance. Cain was the firstborn. Did you guys know that? Cain was the firstborn. And he inherited sin. Because the thing that you needed to do because of the fall. Hear me out. It says that he would till the ground. That was the curse. And Cain was a tiller of the ground. He was the firstborn, which means that the sin was inherited to the firstborn son. He's the Behor because the inheritance is sin. So it passed to the firstborn, which is Cain. Abel's the secondborn. Now remember, the older serves the younger. Yeah, he was the firstborn because Cain, his name means to acquire. Cain was born first and then Abel. The Behor is the firstborn son and the firstborn son always gets the double portion or the inheritance of the father. This is called the Behor. This is why Joseph had the coat of many colors. They said he was the youngest. He wasn't the youngest. He was the firstborn of Rachel. And Rachel's the one that he loved, not Leah. So the inheritance goes to the firstborn, who's Joseph. And his brothers, ten brothers, threw him into the well because his father had given him the coat. And that coat is the coat of the Behor, the one who gets the double portion and this is why his brother said, we're not going to serve you. He's the Behor. And the coat represents the firstborn. Now, remember, Cain fell. Cain was fallen. And we were covered in sin. It was handed down. This is why Adam was covered at the fall. God covered his sin, covered him, and now went down to his son Cain. And Cain was the one that got cursed. He's the one that didn't allow God to be God for him. He did not conquer sin. Sin conquered him. And God cursed Cain because of that. God cursed him. So this is why do you know this? Because Jesus is the firstborn son of God, which means that he has the inheritance. This is why we're the first fruits, which means that when we're born again, we get the inheritance and it's called salvation. We get the inheritance which is called life, which is called newness of life, which is called healing and everything that comes with it as an inheritance. But before you were born again, you inherited sin because of the fall. I know this is Christianity 101. It's called the Behor, the firstborn son. This is why Elisha told Elijah, give me a double portion of your spirit because he was telling Elijah, make me your son. When you leave, leave your inheritance to me. I will carry your name. I will carry your lineage. Make me a son. And he says, if you see me float off, it's yours. And when he, when he floated off, his coat fell. That's the mantle, which proved that he had the inheritance. This is why when he's floating off, he's saying, Father, Father. Because he knew that the minute he saw him flying off, that he was going to be a son. This is why when we see Jesus fly off, we say, Father, Father, and we become sons. But the coat is called the mantle. The mantle is what we get because it's the inheritance. 
but Jesus didn't drop his coat because they were they were casting lots for it at the cross because that wasn't the coat. That's a man's coat. That's a man's mantle. It's not what he wanted to give you. It's what happened at Pentecost. It's the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit fell, it clothed you. That's the mantle of the Holy Ghost, the inheritance that Jesus died to give us. And what was inside you couldn't inherit that. It had to die. We don't ever talk about the simplicity, not just what he did for us, more about what he did to us. He made us sons. For them who believe, he gave them power to become the sons of God. The sons. All of you are sons and daughters of God through an inheritance. Because who you were before couldn't inherit it. It had to die. This is important. This is why you cannot be the body of sin. Do not call yourself sinful. It doesn't mean you can't commit sin because you can. But don't call yourself sinful because Jesus is the head of the body of the church. He's the head of the body of the church. He's the head of the church. And he's not the head of sin. And if he's your head, you can't be sin because Jesus doesn't live in a body of sin. He destroyed the body of sin. And this is why he lives in you because he's made you righteous and sickness and disease shouldn't have anything to do with the body of Christ. It has to do with the body of sin. And so stop calling yourself a body of sin. Stop giving yourself excuses for getting what it is that the devil has for you. Stop listening to people saying you can have this, you can have that. No, the only thing I can have is what Jesus says he is. And that's it. You can commit sin because Roman confirms that in 6.1. How can we continue in it? We can't because we know better. So now back to this. Because you were a child of the devil before you gave your life to Christ, the body of sin held you captive as a slave. It was your master. The real you, the soul, was made subject to sin in the flesh. Our souls were one with the seed of error. The spirit of error had power over us. What we call the evil spirit, the antichrist spirit, was in you. It was your master. It controlled you. This is what being translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son's all about. The real you, the soul, is being translated into the kingdom of light. Because you were destroyed by the burial and baptism of Christ. You were baptized into his death and raised into newness of life. We were purged from the body of sin through the death in Christ and placed in Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Those who are joined to the Lord are one spirit with them. So before you were joined to the Lord, what spirit were you one with? Because if you're joined to the spirit now, what were you purged from? It was the other spirit. The spirit of error. The spirit, the antichrist spirit, which means not Christ. The demonic spirit, the evil spirit, all that he was, you were that. You were that by nature. Second Peter 1 9, but he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he has been purged from his old sins. You've been purged from the old man. You've been purged from the spirit of error. You've been purged from the demonic. You've been purged from the kingdom of darkness. You've been purged from everything that was trying to kill you. You've been purged from everything. Look, man, you serve the master of cancer. You serve the master of sickness. You serve the master of disease. You serve the master. He's the master. He masters it all. In Christ, you have the master who mastered hell, death, the grave, and everything that's coming after you. He's called the master because he mastered it all. And you see with Christ in heavenly places, and he teaches you to walk in the master. 
Romans 6, 16. Know you not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness, which means watch what you listen to. Pay attention to what you're listening to. Don't listen to the lie. Only listen to God. Only. Do not listen to the flesh. Do not listen to sickness. Do not listen to disease. Don't listen or the lies of the devil. We only listen to the spirit of God and his word and his truth and only him is who we listen to in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's address the second seed. The seed of the second Adam, the Christ, the incorruptible seed, the son of God's seed, the spirit of Christ. You now manifest this spirit by nature through a vessel called the body of Christ. You have the body of Christ. You put off the nature and walk out the Christ. Second Peter 1 4, whereby you are given unto us, whereby are given unto us exceedingly and great precious promises that by these, by these promises, you might be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is the world through us. We are partakers of the nature of Christ. We were partakers of the nature of the fallen man, the nature of the beast, the nature of the devil. We had his nature, but now we are partakers of Abba Father. That's our nature now. That's who we have now. That's our nature now. Praise God. We manifest the son of God. The old man manifests the son of the devil. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. Which means that everyone who's not born again can say, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. Which means that everyone who's fallen carries the same spirit of the father of lies. The same spirit of the devil. The same spirit of the demonic. The same spirit. The same spirit. This is why we give our lives to Christ and get his spirit. In Jesus' name. So who is his father? Who is the fallen man's father if he's not born again? How do we know the difference between the desires of the flesh and of the mind? According to Ephesians 2, 3, among whom also we all had our conversations in times past in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. How can we tell the difference between that of the flesh and that of a demonic spirit? Like, how can we know the difference now in Christ? Because remember, you don't have the spirit anymore. But the Bible tells us not to get into the flesh. Let's talk about this. So is it an evil spirit giving us these desires to commit sin? Bible says the flesh has desires. So where are these desires coming from? Because we're to mortify the deeds of the flesh. The deeds of the flesh. God told Cain, you must master it. The born again experience only comes after Pentecost, after the death and burial of Jesus Christ, through the resurrection. Everyone was one with the fallen antichrist spirit. It could only be controlled with a yoke. This is why the law was given. Because you had to be controlled with the law. These are the people of God. The body of sin had to be mastered through the law. It was a taskmaster. The yoke of the law. But now after the born again experience through the Holy Ghost, we died with him. We died with Christ. Everything that was trying to be controlled got killed. The body of sin died with Christ. Remember, God told Cain he could master sin. How much more are those who are dead to it in Christ? Come on, man. That's exciting news. 
The man of sin died. The old man is dead. That's Colossians 3, 3. If you want to read it, it says, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Everyone was possessed by the spirit of error by nature because of the fall. Everybody. Meaning it owned us. We had to be paid for with a ransom. Sin had to be paid for. Our bodies had to be paid for. Your body is not your own. It was paid with a price. 1 Corinthians 6.12 confirms this. For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your bodies and in your spirit, which are God's. The spirit that's in you is God's. The body that you have is God's. It's his body. Talk to it like it's his body. Talk to it like it's his body. The spirit that's in you. Talk to it like it's his spirit. And if it's his spirit, then you only say what he says. And your body only does what he does. Does God own your body? Yes, it tells us which are God's body and spirit is both God's. We're resisting the old nature. The old nature, this is who we are. Can we continue? Can we continue to ignore this truth? Can we confuse the desires of the flesh for the evil spirit or demonic attack? Can we confuse the desires of the flesh for a demonic attack or an evil spirit? Can we do that? That's a question. Or is living in the flesh a demonic act? Here, let me read that again. Can we confuse the desire of the flesh for an evil spirit or demonic attack? Or is living in the flesh a demonic act? Look, you get in the flesh, you're going to manifest a demon. Because the flesh has desires and is going to do things. It's a, hey, living in the flesh is a demonic act. I'm going to show it to you. I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm going to show it to you. Are we choosing bad deeds versus good deeds? Are we putting on the old man instead of taking them off? Ephesians 4.22. That you put off concerning the former conversations, the old man, which is corrupt. According to the deceitful lust, the old man was corrupt. That's the corruptible seed right there. James 3.14.15. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes from above. But it's earthly, natural, and demonic. So thinking earthly is demonic. Thinking with lust is demonic. Thinking in accordance to the flesh is demonic. So if you're thinking demonic, you're going to produce demonic works, which means that you're going to be manifesting a demon. According to this. What is demonic according to the verse? It's earthly wisdom. Thinking like a fallen man. Thinking like the old man. Hey, he was corrupt. He was born of the corruptible seed. If we think demonic, we become demonic. Period. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ. That he didn't see a robbery to think himself equal to God, which means he thought that he was like God. Oh, but if you... Hmm. Okay. What does an evil spirit try to do to a child of God? Let's talk about this. What... Does an evil spirit try to do to a child of God? What are the effects? Hey, here's one. What does living in the flesh do to a child of God? Okay. How does an evil spirit try to talk to a child of God? How does the carnal mind, the earthly mind, talk to a child of God? How does an evil spirit try to manifest in a child of God? How does the flesh manifest in a child of God. How can you tell the difference between the spirit and carnality? How can you tell the difference? How can you tell the difference? Because the Bible says that we're to learn to discern. 
rightly dividing the word of truth. What's the word say? Romans 8, 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. This is to a Christian. Look, man, if your mind is governed by the flesh, this is Romans 8, 6. This is in the church, in the church. The mind governed by the flesh. Wait, this is a Christian. A Christian is being governed by the flesh. I thought he was being oppressed. I thought he was being demonly attacked. I thought this was a spirit attacking him. This is a demonic attack. No, this is the mind. But the mind governed by the spirit, which means that if your body's governed by a spirit mind, let this mind be in you is why you renew it. Then that means that you're going to manifest the spirit of God because it needs a body to manifest. So you're going to manifest the lie. You're going to manifest the truth. The mind governed by the flesh. That means the mind can be governed by the flesh, which means that your mind can believe it's a demonic attack. That's the point. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. Oh my gosh. As a Christian, you can be hostile towards God because if your mind is governed by the flesh as a Christian, you're going to be hostile to God. It does not submit to God's laws, nor can it be, which means that when you get into the flesh and when you allow the mind to be governed by the flesh, it means God's not even going to mess with you. He's like, hey, I'm not even going to mess with you because your job is to renew your mind. That's not my job. If you want to get into the flesh, if you want to get into carnality, if you want to do all that, hey, everything that I have is not going to work for you straight up because it's hostile. So then those that are in the flesh cannot please God. God's like, look, I, I'm not pleased with that. Why? You know what it's called when he's not pleased with something? It's called sin. What's keeping us from pleasing God? Romans 8, 9. But you are not in the flesh, which confirms you're not in the flesh. So if you're not in the flesh, don't let the mind be governed by the flesh. You're not in the flesh. Don't let the flesh govern you. Don't let the mind govern the flesh. Look, you're not in the flesh. Don't let this stuff happen to you. That's what he's trying to tell you. Look, watch. Romans 8, 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death. Okay, so, okay, so the flesh can govern my mind. But Romans 8, but you're not in the flesh. I'm trying to tell you that. But in the spirit, it shall be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his, which means that they're all carnal and they're all living in the flesh. But that's not you, which means that why are you acting like that? Because that's not you. I'm telling you, you're not in the flesh. So why are you allowing, why are you allowing your mind to be governed by the flesh if you're not in it? Why are you allowing? the mind to be governed and, and you're being hostile right now because it's not you. That's the flesh. That's hostile towards God. James four, seven submit yourselves to God. Therefore resist the devil and he'll flee from you. How does the devil flee from you? How does he flee? How do you resist? Well, you resist by not getting in the flesh. You resist by not being carnal. You resist by not thinking earthly. You resist by submitting to God. First of all, you got to submit to God. A lot of people say resist the devil and he'll flee. You forgot the first part. It means submit yourself. Submit yourself means give yourself to God in every area of your life. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. He won't flee until you submit yourself to what God said and who you are. Who or what is a Christian struggling with in Christ? How does the enemy have access to us? 
First, we must expose the enemy in our lives. Who's the enemy in your life right now? Do demons and spirits have access to our flesh, or do we as Christians choose to live in it? Let me say that again. Let me say that again. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in the next video. But before we do, I have to address where you're at as a born-again believer. Because remember, we forget this. You know, you read, Jesus removed demon spirits out of non-born-again believers. How did evil spirits get in the body? Once again, you will not find in Scripture of any Christian, any Christian in the Bible who has deliverance performed on them anywhere. Nowhere will you find that a born-again believer is having a demon cast out of them. I'm going to explain this to you. The problem is that we see it now in Christians. Why do we see it now in Christians, but biblically we don't? That's the question, and I'm going to address that, okay? Because remember, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that's all old covenant. Everybody that Jesus cast devils and demons out of didn't have the Holy Spirit living inside of them. So how do you cast a demon out of someone when you are a demon? Well, that's easy. You kill them because that's what you are. You are that. You are a child of the devil. You are demonic. You are that. The real you is the soul that becomes one with that spirit. So you cast that out. Look, when you get born again, you don't get a devil cast out of you. You die as a devil, period. Because the Bible says you have to die. Why are you dying if something's getting cast out of you? Because by nature, you were the child of wrath. So how can I cast something out of you that's not the core of who you are anymore? That's the question. And I want to address that in the next teaching. I want to break it down biblically like I did right here. I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm going to show it to you. Once again, do demons and spirits have access to our flesh? Or do we as Christians choose to live in it? That's the question you got to ask yourself because a Christian shouldn't live in it. So it's not that you have a spirit in the flesh. It's just that you got into it. You got into the flesh and you're commanded not to. And I can't cast flesh out of you. I can't cast carnality out of you. I can't cast the works of the flesh out of you. Those are the works of the flesh. We'll talk about this. And the result of this is a demonic manifestation of a child of a devil in every area of our lives instead of a child of God when we get into the flesh. When you get into the flesh, you are the devil that I'm going to be fighting. Because look, the devil can't hurt me, but he can find some Christians who don't know who they are to throw stones at me. The devil finds Christians who don't know who they are to bash me on the internet. The devil finds Christians who don't understand who they are in Christ, and he uses them as a tool and a weapon. And it's not that we're fighting demonic spirits. We're fighting each other because we're divided. Now, am I saying that there is any demonic forces? There is. Am I saying that we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and darkness? We do. And I'm going to address that in the next podcast. I'm going to show you what it is that we are battling now in Christ. Now that I've showed you the core of who you are, we give no place to the devil. Remember, you were a devil, period. You were a devil. Your father was the devil. You were an offspring, a child of the devil. So how do you manifest the devil if that's what you were? So how does one manifest the child of God is the question. How do you manifest the child of God? You know what's crazy is we don't teach people how to manifest. The, we don't teach people how to manifest sons of God. 
we teach Christians how to manifest the other spirit. And we confirm that they have that spirit instead of the one that Jesus placed in us. What is demon possession biblically? Like we have to know what that is. What does it mean to be demon possessed? Is it true that things are coming out of people? Yes. Things are coming out of people. All the time. And you know what's crazy? Is we have to discern what is flesh and what is spirit. We have to know. Because let me ask you something. If the carnal mind's an enmity against God, and I am not, and this is not one of these videos where I'm saying that the demonic is not real, because it is, because you were part of it and you had to die to it. I am not saying that there isn't evil forces out there, because there is. Because hear me out. If we as children of God bring heaven here on earth, that's our job as children of God. As children of God, my job is to manifest heaven here on earth. Then that means that the children of the devil are manifesting hell here on earth because it manifests through a vessel. So if we can manifest heaven, heaven is real. So if a person can manifest hell, hell is real. And both of these places were created to house a person. Because Jesus is seated in heaven as a person. So who is going to hell as a person? So you had to die as a person because you were one with that person. And now you're one with Christ as a person. And when you understand this, you begin to understand why you can lay hands on the sick. Why people can be healed. Why people can be delivered. When you understand the art of war in the kingdom of God. And you understand what it is you're fighting and how you're fighting it. It's win-win because in the kingdom of God, you don't get to fail because you're already in victory and God seats you and sees you in victory. Your entire existence is in victory. How are you going to fail in Christ? You can't. So the job of the enemy is to get you out of Christ into the flesh and you reap death. And our job is to keep you in Christ. Our job is to keep you secure in Christ. I don't want to get you out of the Christ arena. I want to bring you into the God arena, into the kingdom arena. I don't want to have you in the carnal arena because that's where the enemy wants you. Because in the carnal arena, you will lose every single time because death is in that arena. And we have nothing to do with darkness. We are children of light. We have no or any reason to be in darkness unless we're there to be the light, not to become one with the darkness. I'm going to get the other one ready for you guys. In the next podcast, I'm going to be talking about Matthew, Mark, and Luke, what's coming out of people, because it is spirits. The Bible says it's a demonic spirit coming. Come out of that man, you unclean spirit. But we're going to address what is happening, what is going on. And we're going to address why in the Old Testament, you didn't see anybody being cast out. You didn't see demons being cast out of people because by nature, everybody had the spirit of error in them. And only Jesus could get that spirit out of you. But now he doesn't get it out of you. It dies because people tell me, hey, the spirit, the Bible says that the spirit will come out and it'll come back with seven more. That's because in the old covenant, he cast it out of you, but you weren't born again. So you were a house. You were in a temple. Now we die. Our identity dies to that, to all of that, which is very interesting because now we're in Christ. Now we're a temple of the Holy Ghost. Now it's not a matter of what comes back. Now it's a matter of us resisting the devil. Now it's a matter of putting on the armor. Now it's a matter of standing on God's word. And remember, Christ is in the temple, and according to the word of God, Jesus is the one that cleared the temple out. If he did it in the carnal, you think he won't do it in the spirit? He made whips and (laughs) 
Let's get out of here. Get out of the temple. That's his, that's his job in me. But the mindset, that's where you got to come in. God doesn't renew your mind. God doesn't even speak to your mind. You do, and the mind is not you. So, guys, I'm hoping that you guys enjoy. If you enjoyed this, I'm going to commit every Friday to give you what I just gave you. I'm going to give you my best. All I ask is that you commit one year with me and see what happens. One year I'll commit to coming on here and giving you my best. That's all I ask. And all I ask in return is to remember me. Go to my website, www.royalfamilyinternational.com. And if you're being fed here and you want to sow into what we're doing, you're more than welcome to. Okay? I'm going to bless you anyways. I'm just asking. If you want to remember us, remember what we're doing at Royal Family International University, I would love to be able to sit here and be able to educate and do schools online so I wouldn't have to travel. I would love to do that. And I'm going to feed you. And all I ask is that you bless us in return if God puts it on your heart. And if he doesn't, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. So I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you enjoyed what we talked about. Once again, next Friday, we're going to talk about Mark chapter 5. We're going to p- talk about the demon that came out of the guy. We're going to talk about the demons that are coming out of people. We're going to talk about why in the church we don't see Christians battling this. We see them battling carnality. You know, 1 Corinthians, he says that you're carnal, that they're, de- they're fighting carnality in the church, not a spirit in the church. So why is it that we as Christians are battling spirits in the church when in Scripture it's carnality and living in the flesh? What is happening? What is it that's happening? Are we creating a different genre so we can get people to be in awe of the fire of God instead of releasing the water of God? 